Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the TV room in a creepy old man's house discussing the 2012 anthology horror film, VHS. This film was written and directed by various people that I will credit on their individual short films and was created by Brad Miska and Bloody Disgusting. It has spawned a franchise and has become a polarizing conversation piece in the horror community, but is undeniably a creative take on anthologies. This film was the winner of our January Patreon poll, so thank you to all of our patrons who participated and voted. So, what did you guys think about VHS the first time you saw it? I remember watching this together for the first time. Yeah. I think it might have been mm-hmm. when it came out. I, I think it was. It was one of the first movies that we kind of watched together, mm-hmm. and I think that clouded (laughs) how I felt about the film at the time because I really enjoyed it but I really think that I might have just really enjoyed the time we spent together (laughs) no I I I I agree I mean revisiting it it's not as good as I remember Mm -hmm. there's some decent moments and a couple of the segments are actually pretty good yeah but it's not what I recall me neither (laughs) Yeah, I um, I told your sister that too. I was like, man, I was like, I remember when we watched this, and when I watched it again, I was like, yeah, this is really, this is badass. Mm-hmm. And then watching it again, I was like, man, it's got some problems. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like we, like you said, we just had a really good time watching it together, mm-hmm. and not that it's like bad or a horrible movie or anything no not at all it does have a lot of issues which i'm sure we're gonna get into and i didn't realize a lot of the and believe it or not i'm not trying to make a sunny reference but a lot of the implications (laughs) (laughs) that are in this because oh shit yeah it's a lot were we just naive and young I don't know. I mean, but yeah, because rewatching it, I was like, oh, that's not cool. No. Oh, that's also really, that's not, really cool. not cool. And that just was kind of my inner monologue <laughs> the, <laughs> the entire film. time. <laughs> but I think you have to, I mean, respect what they were able to do. No, definitely. It's a very interesting concept. It's one of those things that the idea is fantastic. Just not sure about the execution precisely. Yes. Right. yes. I mean, I read an interview on IndieWire that they did with Brad Miska, mm-hmm. and he basically said that what they did was they had the frame story, and then they approached filmmakers that they liked, and they're like, hey, you got some ideas? And they had free reign to just- I, like, I do like that do aspect Do whatever they wanted. I mean, we talked about Dead Silence last week with all the interference. Yeah. Right. It's nice to cover a film where they kind of gave creatives free reign. On the total yeah. opposite side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. They weren't like, bring a razor. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we pop this film into the VCR, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's press play. So the film opens on a blue screen with the word play in the corner, like the old school, you know, you put on channel three. Mm-hmm. and then... uh-huh. I like this a lot. Yeah. This aesthetic. I think it was made for us 80s and 90s kids. For sure. Right. And I feel like this was made by 80s and pro- maybe 90s kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like throwback. I, I love it. No, it, it does bring you back. There's yeah. some nostalgia to it. But after disjointed and shaky images followed by static, we open up on the frame story 
Tape 56, and this was directed by Adam Wingard and written by Wingard and Simon Barrett. We see Zach, played by Lane Hughes, setting up a camera to face his bed and then checking the view of it. We get more static and see a group of men driving erratically, wearing masks over their faces, like just general jackassery. Mm -hmm. See, I was excited for this because I thought they might go rob a bank or something. Yeah. Instead, no. No, this is not Reservoir Dogs. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) They pass a couple walking before quickly parking the car. Armed with their video cameras, we see them running back toward the couple. One of them raises the woman in the couple. They raise her shirt, exposing her breasts, which I'm like, and I remember seeing this the first time and I'm like, oh, what a bunch of dicks. But I'm like, that is sexual assault. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And this is apparently called sharking, which is an insult to sharks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't even know that had a name. Yeah, no, I don't me neither. Know. It apparently it it around this time. You know, it actually happened to my friend in high school. Oh my god! He got pantsed in front of everyone, and then he shrunk down like when Sideshow Bob was running for mayor <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to cover, cover himself. And I was like, "What happened?" He's like, "Dude, I just got sharked." And I was like, "Sharked? Are you all Are right?" You all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! But yeah, so it's fucked up. Long story short. But the woman screams and fights as they just continue to expose her. Her presumed boyfriend starts running toward them and the camera cuts as the men run away. And this is our introduction to these yeah, people. Yeah. How are these we are s- protagonists. Exactly. How are we supposed to not want to see them dead in the next five minutes? Yeah. But the film picks back up with more shaky and erratic shots of the men destroying and vandalizing an abandoned building. Among them is Zach, the man who was setting up the camera at the beginning. But there's also Gary, played by Calvin Reeder, Rox, played by Kentucker Audley, Brad, played by Adam Wingard, and Steve, played by Simon Barrett. Now, I know I just threw a lot of names at you, but don't worry, because they're, for the most part, indistinguishable from each other. Well, except for the guy with that fake mustache. Gary has a Ned Flanders mustache, (laughs) and he's the only one that... That is set apart from anybody else. Now, I know these guys are all pieces of shit we've already learned. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I will say that destroying a house is pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. It looked fun. Yeah. But on the heels of them just assaulting that woman, I'm like, I hope I the house horrible falls happens yeah. to them. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But the film comes back to that bedroom that we saw at the very beginning and Zach and a woman are making out and beginning to undress each other. And the next time we see them, they're kissing on the bed almost completely nude. But the camera jumps back to that abandoned house and Zach asks the cameraman as the rest of the men continue to vandalize the house, what tape he's using, which is like, Um, yeah, yeah. okay. Can I, I, it's been a while since we've, you know, fucked around with VHS tapes. I don't think it works like that. Where it just where you stops what you're recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of other things that were taped on the tape. It did you just you tape over it, you don't tape beside it. Yeah, I t- Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely don't remember it like that. <laughs> just then they see headlights outside and yell, Lights, lights, because they're super slick. And later, I guess at one of their houses or apartments, whatever, they're watching that video they took earlier when they had assaulted the woman on the street. In some very clunky expositional dialogue, we learn that these men have done this many times, 25 to 30 (laughs) times. (laughs) And someone pays them $50 for each one of these tapes that they send into a reality porn dealer. I 
I don't know. The jury's out. Yeah, who's paying for I that? Don't <laughs> I don't know. This is evidence of you yes. assaulting a woman or whoever in your... Here you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> is this the birth of the dark web? I'm, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> that I've heard so much about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at this point when they're talking where I'm like, was there a script involved? I feel that on a lot of these yeah. segments, honestly. This like, one more than any of them, I think. Is right. it a curb your enthusiasm situation where he's like, <laughs> this needs to get accomplished in this scene and like, it just kind of lets the reins go? Or You're a creep. You're a creep. You're also a creep. Go. <laughs> go. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of enjoyed that. That there was no like, because they were just talking like. Just freeballing it. Like they sounded like friends. You know what I mean? True. Like they I mean, kind of sounded it, there wasn't like so you also would like to make extra money. You know what <laughs> I mean? They, they were just kind of sitting there just saying stupid shit. It just felt a little awkward. No, like, it did, but they were like, just get across that you've done this twenty five to thirty times. And yeah. they're like, We've done this twenty five to thirty times. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, it's just something that he says now when they're here and then later it gets brought up again and it's funny so or to me it was funny <laughs> so i liked it yeah uh, but anyway as they talk about the money they've received for recording these gary chimes in that they could make a lot more money than that zach i think agrees <laughs> <laughs> i was just about to say i'm amazed that you yeah. kept track yes. of any of these names oh, no, I, yeah. I did my absolute best <laughs> but he agrees saying that they can do upskirt shots in the summer to make money, you know, as as you do. Um, <laughs> but Gary, who is holding a bat for some reason, smashes the TV when they don't stop talking to hear what he has to say. And they go, oh, Sopranos. Hey! Oh, no, no. <laughs> but he says that he's talking about more money than that and they can make it all in one night. We jump forward to all the men getting in the car and... At least two of them are recording because we have two views. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't understand the point, like you said, of recording your crimes. <laughs> yeah, like, what? this tape has no value if they were going to sell this one. Yeah, no, right? No, no, it's just a bunch of assholes in a car. I can do that like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> now they have your face, you committing a crime. Mm -hmm. yes. Now you're going to get blackmailed, or you're going to go to yeah, jail. Yeah, no, I didn't even think Fuck of that aspect. Yeah, me neither. They're like, thank you for yeah. this. <laughs> Right now, where's my money I paid you for this bit? <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah. But Gary explains in more clunky expositional dialogue that all they have to do is break into this house and steal one VHS tape. He says this will pay well and open the door for more work for them. And I got to say, what line of work is this? Um, Not really one you could put on LinkedIn, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing is that you're telling me they never had this conversation before they got in the car. He got them all in the car and he's like, all right, okay, now I'll He had to you. let us know. <laughs> because I, I just... You're definitely watching a movie right now. Yeah. My biggest pet peeve, I think, is expositional right. dialogue. When you don't really... Yeah. Come on. But he says that the man who requested this tape has seen their videos and he's a big fan. But one of the other men says that they don't put their names on anything they post. And Gary's basically like, no, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I would be. I would be very worried yeah. about it. Yeah. But we cut back to Zach and the girl on his bed and she asks him to turn off the light. And when he gets up, she notices that the camera has been set up to film them without her knowledge because he's disgusting. Is he Dennis Reynolds? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> like, good no. Lord. Don't Dennis Reynolds. Yeah, no. Sorry. 
But when the footage jumps back to, I guess now, the men are breaking into a house with some casual use of the N-word. And with more clunky dialogue, they explain at full volume as they break into the house (laughs) that an old man lives here and he's inside asleep. Okay, so maybe I'm crazy, but their methods... (laughs) <laughs> let's let's bring f- fucking like 14 people into this house yeah. you you bring maybe two in maybe. one watches yeah something. on the street i mean They're... this operation is very very <laughs> unprofessional and also yeah i forgot about the n-word bit fucking yeah. so there what? is nothing redeeming no. no no literally nothing but they break in and gary and a couple assholes stay downstairs to look around and another couple assholes head upstairs to look there (laughs) the two groups go through the house loudly opening cupboards and doors and again speaking at full volume the upstairs group wanders around until they stumble upon the old man but he's sitting in front of several tvs all displaying static and he's motionless in a chair and the assholes quickly discover that he's dead they're just like, oh, he smells. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, corpses do that. You that, fucking loser. That would worry me. Yes. You know, th- that and then the whole setup with all the TVs and the cameras. Mm-hmm. and No. None of know, it's good. You, I will go wait outside. You <laughs> find this. Yeah, yeah. You find whatever you need here. I'll even take a smaller cut. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> they call the downstairs group upstairs to show them the dead old man. Everyone else ends up leaving the room to search downstairs, but they leave Brad to search the tapes in the room. Alone, he sits directly in front of the old man before turning the camera to face himself and starting a tape that was already in the VCR. And then the entire screen goes blue. So I just want to say very quickly, I like the idea behind them having to search through the videotapes as the conceit for us watching them. Right. But this is way too long for a frame story. Of them having to watch all the videotapes? No, the what we've already seen because oh. <laughs> 10 minutes of the film have already passed. Yeah. I mean, usually look at all the other frame stories. Creep show, what's it like a minute and a half, two yeah, minutes? And yeah, and you get right into the story. Yeah, because that's what's important. Yeah. And especially if it's as uninteresting and ridiculous as these assholes are. It, I, it feels like it only serves to make you hate them. That's what it feels like. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have taken you 10 minutes to do that. No. But. So we finally get to the first story <laughs> and it's Amateur Night directed by David Bruckner and written by Bruckner and Nicholas Tokoski. So the story opens in a motel room with Shane played by Mike Donlin putting a pair of glasses equipped with a camera of course, mm-hmm. on Clint, played by Drew Sawyer. Shane leads Clint to the bathroom, and we see them through Clint's glasses. They still take the time to explain to us that there's a camera <laughs> and a mic in the glasses. Because we would not have gathered right? that. <laughs> I will say I do enjoy this as a gimmick for why we have the found footage. Right. Instead of them not holding a, right. a video camera, yeah. I agree. But I think they... It it sucks because at the same time, you're like, well, how did they convert this to VHS? Don't look too close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that deep. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Can't be that deep. <laughs> Their friend Patrick, played by Joe Sykes, laughs hysterically in the background, as he does for most of this story. It's... There has not been one non-asshole character no. yet. <laughs> yeah. But he's probably the most annoying of he's the characters. He's incredibly annoying. Yeah, he I was like, "What the f-? Chill out, dude. <laughs> I mean, calm down a little bit. Please, like, yeah. for the sake of my headache." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Shane tells Clint to turn his dick on while Clint maintains. <laughs> that's what he said. I know. <laughs> Usually we quote good dialogue. <laughs> While Clint maintains that he is not using these glasses to make porn, but Patrick and Shane kind of beg him to. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, please, please, please. <laughs> is I don't that know. weird? It's it's very weird. Well, my thing is, why does it have to be him then? If you want it that badly, why don't you Do put the yourself? fucking glasses on? I don't know. Maybe they're all in love with Clint. Maybe. Like, please, Clint. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. We're not as good as you, Clint. <laughs> But the footage cuts to the three of them chugging drinks and then Patrick humping the bed as Clint and Shane cheer him on. (laughs) Is this this what it's like to be in a fraternity? (laughs) The footage picks back up with them all in the car. And while driving, Patrick shows the other guys porn on his phone. It's first of all, we already... (laughs) We already know what the plan is, but he's like, this is what we're going to do. It's like, yeah, yeah, I didn't. You ever had sex before, man? Like, <laughs> I don't understand why he needed to do that. He's like, this is sex with a woman. And they're like, oh, oh right. shit. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but it picks back up when they're walking toward a bar and Shane is instructing Clint to look at the asses of the girls walking in front of them. And I mentioned this and the phone porn to illustrate how one track minded and one dimensional these dudes are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is no characterization here. No. 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 I think the and it's even dumber because Patrick is literally yelling, Roll on that ass <laughs> yeah. to the girl. She's right there. Like and nobody turns I around. That too. It's like you're screaming now. They can yes. hear you. They're right there. It's just the whole thing is unbelievable. <laughs> So inside the bar, everyone's drinking and seeming to have a good time. But Clint looks around and we see a woman in a polka dot dress standing at the top of the stairs before he turns back to Shane, who is flirting with the girl by asking how many flapjacks she can eat. And (laughs) Patrick is like, oh, I could never do that. (laughs) It's an interesting. That part made me laugh out loud. He's like, he's the man. It was just (laughs) hilarious. But. Flapjack girl, who is actually named Lisa, played by Jasper Sams, calls her friends over and the group all gets ready to take shots. And fun fact, the bartender is played by co-writer Nicholas Tukoski. Hey, that's awesome. Right? Gave himself a little cameo. I did think as I was watching this how they're acting. I'm like, everybody, just please tip your bartender. Yeah. Tip your wait staff because they got to deal with these fucking idiots all the time. Oh, yeah. Please. Please. This is a PSA. It's not an episode anymore. (laughs) No, screw VHS. This is a PSA. This was all getting to this point. (laughs) Exactly. But when Clint turns to look at Lisa getting her friends, he sees that girl in the polka dot dress again staring at him. We get some clips of the group drinking and Patrick again laughing hysterically. Then we cut to that girl again. Even though they never say her name. This is Lily played by Hannah Fearman. They are really sparse on naming characters. And the women almost never get name checked. Very odd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyway, she's staring at Clint with very large and wide eyes. And she whispers to him, I like you. But Clint doesn't understand her. (laughs) He offers for her to go with him to meet some people. But she only repeats louder this time. I like you as a response. I wish people were this forward. <laughs> no joke. This has been my dream since like. You're like, all right. Yeah. Instead of, you know, <laughs> what are we? the run around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. And if she said it, <laughs> all the better. But 
cut to Clint drunk in the bathroom mirror looking at himself, which is if you've ever had too much to drink, I feel like the bathroom mirror moment is something that I, we can all really do. I do appreciate that, how yeah. they showed the bar scenes and his point of view, like the blurred vision. And yeah. I was like, that's that's real shit. <laughs> Even though the glasses shouldn't have. No, no yeah, not but, at all. I mean, it's it's we'll a vibe. It. You're looking in the mirror like, I'm really in this oh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? What, your own body? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a moment when you're like, I've had too much to drink. <laughs> that and, bathroom but he comes out and sees lily sitting on a couch and patrick and shane acting a fool as they do right clint somehow ends up falling down yeah (laughs) i don't i I don't know but cut to everyone leaving the bar and they spot lily alone and when patrick goes over to her she immediately takes off and stands next to clint she is smart to avoid patrick oh yeah yes she looks cagey and scared, but Shane and Patrick just continue laughing. Then Lisa comes back over to them. But suddenly they're back in the car. Patrick is driving, Clint is riding shotgun, and Shane is in the back sandwiched between Lisa and Lily. Shane leans over to Clint to tell him that Lily is clearly on drugs before taking out some cocaine. She's really just sitting there. She's just sitting there. I don't know looking why. Looking scared. A little uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. She's just sitting there. Yeah. But he coaxes Lily into snorting some, and she does. Back at the motel, as they open the door to their room, Shane gives Clint this knowing look, reminding him of what he's supposed to do. So it just makes it to where nobody's a good guy. No. Nobody. I feel like they tried to make Clint the good guy because they put the glasses on him, and he's like, guys, I'm not making porn. Uh-huh. But like, he's You're still, doing yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, no, there's no good guys. <laughs> Once inside, Clint has another moment in the bathroom as he adjusts his glasses in the mirror and looks at himself, still clearly drunk. Once he goes back into the bedroom, he sees Lily lying on one bed and Shane and Lisa sitting together on the other one. Patrick is on the couch alone, still laughing for some reason. There's literally nothing going on. That's all all he does. (laughs) As Shane and Lisa begin to make out on their bed, Clint turns to Lily and mentions that he guesses they like each other. She repeats, I like you. Patrick, still sitting on the couch, starts laughing hysterically again, causing Lily to literally hiss at him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. Correct. I see nothing wrong with that reaction. She even bares her teeth at him like an animal as he continues laughing at her. Clint tries to calm her down and she stops looking angry, but she still looks caged and scared. Clint acknowledges how weird the setup is and asks if she wants to go somewhere else. She responds in an unintelligible whisper, but after deciding to leave, Clint looks over at Shane and Lisa. He's trying to take her garter belts off, but she's clearly passed out cold. Patrick points this out to Shane, and he, of course, gets pissed off and tries to wake Lisa up. Patrick continues to laugh, saying it's statutory, which it's not. It's It's just literal rape. Yeah. But Shane gets more and more aggravated before stopping trying to wake Lisa up at all and going over to the couch aggressively at Patrick. It's it's the testosterone. <laughs> He's just a fucking creep. He didn't get what he wanted. Now he has to Rah, fight. He yeah. has to fight somebody. I just, I it's can't. It's fucking gross. But Clint gets up to tell Shane to chill out. He says he's fine, but then looks over at Lily. It's like, oh, there's another one right there. It's um, just toxic masculinity, yeah. the short film. Yes. <laughs> I swear to God. He asked Clint if they're doing this or what. And I'm like, he can't be any more unlikable. Yeah. No, none of these guys. No, but he takes it upon himself to go over to Lily and start kissing her. 
Patrick starts laughing again, of course, and Clint starts toward the bathroom again, but Shane calls him back over and it's like, oh, it's that kind of party. He goes over to the bed and watches Shane pull off Lily's dress, exposing her to be naked underneath. But as Clint looks down at her, we see her feet and calves look like scaled. That's yeah. going to be a human. problem for me. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, it's probably fine. <laughs> he tries to warn, but Shane's got a one track mind. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, like, yeah, he's not trying to hear it. Shane and Lily just start having sex and Lily pulls Clint in to kiss him. And did you notice that her tongue was like black mm -hmm. or dark blue or something? Again, there are issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but instead of addressing this, Clint starts undressing to join them. She's <laughs> this part made me laugh, but she suddenly looks angry again and harshly says no. And Clint looks back at the couch to see Patrick's dumbass taking his clothes off. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> nobody invited you. Straight no. predator. Yes, all of them. To be to be, yeah, fair. to be fair. But she looks panicked and angry, and Clint bails, saying that he has to get out of here. He goes back into the bathroom. After a few seconds, he looks back into the room to see Patrick now standing next to the bed, completely naked. Clint laughs in the mirror and tells himself to get it together. But suddenly the door bursts open and Patrick comes in saying that Lily just bit him. Which he deserved. No, he, he deserved worse. Yeah, that's but. true. But I mean, no means she literally said no. No, yeah, she said no and hissed. Like, yeah. Yeah. what more do you what? need? <laughs> he holds the side of his hand up to the camera and we see that she literally took a chunk out of it. It looks pretty good. It does. It look, does. No, it does yeah. look good. Clint comes out of the bathroom to see Lily still on top of Shane and Shane's like, no means no, man. Which he's right. He's for right. Once, but he, he's still an asshole. He is. It's, well, no, like, yeah. it's like that meme, the worst person you know is right about something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, damn it. God damn it. But Clint comes around to the bed saying it's time to just stop. We see a purplish bruise looking thing on the top of Lily's back. Mm -hmm. Again, no, nobody cares. No. Mm -hmm. But it looks worse as Clint gets closer to them. Patrick comes over, still nursing his hand, saying that he wasn't going to do anything. Whatever, You're naked. Patrick. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <sighs> You're literally naked. But just then, Lily turns around and screams. And if you've seen any, if you've read any article about this movie, <laughs> any anything, this is the picture that they use for all of them. Understandably. Yeah. Because the creature design is. It's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially for a low budget. Yeah. No, it looks fantastic. Her face is completely distorted and split open. And her mouth is full of like sharp teeth mm -hmm. clint and patrick fall backwards somehow turning off the lights as they do i'm not sure how <laughs> <laughs> but from our view on the floor we see lily shredding shane with her claws so like this escalated pretty quickly but now i'm enjoying it yes oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> clint crawls back into the bathroom with patrick close behind him slamming the door and still completely nude. And it reminds me of that Dave Attell joke where he's like, if you see a naked man running, you run with that man. <laughs> but once he stops panicking and screaming, we hear Shane screaming from the bedroom. Clint forces his way out of the bathroom and we see in the shadows, Lily dramatically put her hand over Shane's mouth, turn toward Clint and hiss. I think I would retreat <laughs> well yeah <laughs> y'all are busy yeah i don't want to interrupt <laughs> give you some privacy mm -hmm. but he does run back into the bathroom and he's like shane's dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah country mac is gone <laughs> he's dead he runs back out again to see lily jump with shane still underneath her and both of them land on the side of the bed that we can't see 
again looks it does it looks great and then clint runs back into the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) patrick rips the shower curtain rod out of the wall and now armed is ready to take on lily they come out of the bathroom and everything is dark now except for the glow of the tv and lily has struck a pose standing in that glow it looks again really really cool it's a nice looking shot with the glow of the tv Mm -hmm. i feel like she seemed calm before maybe they could have just asked her politely if they could leave (laughs) (laughs) may we she said she likes me i don't yeah i don't think patrick was oh no patrick's not getting out of this (laughs) thing alive (laughs) yeah but there's still hope for clint yes clint tries to wake up lisa but she is like out out which i don't feel like lisa is in danger here right not a predator. Uh, exactly. Patrick screams and takes a swing at Lily, but she bats away the curtain rod like it is nothing mm. and jumps on him, Bad immediately move. taking him down. Yeah. What did you expect? Well, whatever he expected. She, right, he not trying, she yeah. took your boy to the ground with her <laughs> mouth only. He's like a shower curtain yeah, metal. Clint climbs over the bed away from them as we hear Patrick screaming in agony. He lands on the other side of the bed next to Shane, who is definitely dead and oh, seems yeah. to be eviscerated. Patrick screams stop and we hear gurgling. Clint chances a look over the corner of the bed to find Lily sucking Patrick's blood on the floor. Cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with it. I'm here. She then rips off his genitals and casually tosses them onto the floor. Like a paper towel. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still here for it. Oh, yeah. She crouches over Patrick's body and begins coughing. And it's exactly what my cat does when she's about to throw up. So <laughs> well, she I was knew hissing what was earlier. So, I mean, <laughs> she starts throwing up. Clint seizes this opportunity to run. He opens the door and takes off, running downstairs until, of course, he falls. Of course. He looks over at his wrist and we see the bone poking through his skin. Now, again, the effects and makeup looks good. Mm hmm. But I didn't realize that the wrist bone was connected to the leg bone. Use them sticks. Get the fuck out of there. You can worry about your wrist later. Yeah, he laid on the You're floor right. for a while. He did. And he's like, what just... are you doing? Yeah. A door opens and Clint looks around before quickly looking up at the stairs that he just fell down. Lily is already there, crouched down and looking at him. He struggles to try to get to his feet. <laughs> Again, I don't know why he's having such... I have such no idea. Using his, his legs. His legs are fine. Yeah. <laughs> When he looks back, she's standing right next to him. With her new distorted face, she again whispers, I like you. Which when you'd be like, me too, dude. Let's, yeah. let's go outside and take a walk. Or mm-hmm. like anything. <laughs> but she starts to give him fellatio as he looks away and cries. And clearly he's not into it. No. When he looks back at her, she has stopped and whispers, no like. She then starts crying and crawls away. She hides her face and just starts sobbing louder and louder. It's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Very sad. But he finally manages to reach the door handle and slip out just as she starts shrieking. He gets to his feet and runs to the office, which is locked. But through the glass, the women inside are like, you got to get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, go around, around. And he's bleeding and sobbing and asking for help. And they're like, "Mm -mm." no. But as he's banging on the door, we see how much he's bleeding. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of blood left on the glass. Mm -hmm. He runs to a group of men in the parking lot asking for help. But they shrink back from him as he is yanked away. We see him flying above the city with his feet dangling in the air. He looks down to see Lily's claws and they're sunk into his stomach. Oh, yeah. He's not going anywhere. No. 
She's got her perch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he screams as he looks up at her carrying him and she flies away with new wings, which I guess is what we the, saw. Yeah. Mm, the bruises. The view goes crazy as the glasses finally fall off his face and land far below on the street and it cuts to blue. So what did you guys think of Amateur Night? Personally, I, I actually really enjoyed this segment. Yeah. Especially as compared to what we'll get into later. Not to, you know, be throw some shade or whatever, but <laughs> I think um, none of the characters are likable with the exception of Lily. Yeah. Which, who I yeah. appreciate a lot. Me too. Uh, creature design's fantastic. The effects. What's cool is that they literally tied a camera wrapped in styrofoam to balloons. Oh. To achieve that shot at the end. And then they spliced it together with shots of... The two of them with green screen and it was a lot That's of work. Really, really cool. Very smart. It was effective. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Looks good and it was very well done. But I'd say this is uh, probably a good one. The only complaint really is the fucking asshole characters throughout. Yep. But they got what was coming to them, so they I love did. it. They did. They did. I also like this one. Yeah. I didn't like how they were. No. Of course. But, uh, like I said, the bar scene where it shows them, you know, having fun and whatever. That's cool. And then that forehead, though, that oh, way, yeah. like, like that's badass. Like yes. that looks that that's really cool. Um, this one wasn't wasn't too bad. And like you said, there's other ones, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk about those when we get to them. But I didn't I didn't mind this one too much. This one was, I feel like, one of the better ones. I'd agree. Yeah. I I definitely agree. I like this one. It feels like a feminist revenge story almost. Mm-hmm. I think it would mean more if the guys in the frame story weren't also predators. Yeah. yeah that's yes. Because it would just agree. feels like, oh, this is just men in this movie. Yeah. But I liked it because fuck all those guys and I'm glad no, they're yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. Let's piss on there. <laughs> Rest in piss. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back to the frame story, tape 56. And back at the old man's house, the camera has fallen to show the old man's shoes still sitting in the chair. One of the other guys comes in the room and Brad is gone. The other guy picks up the camera and the footage cuts to Zach again, lying to the woman that he was trying to film and telling her that the camera wasn't recording. But like, it's clearly it's recording. Smash that tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then his face, please. But a camera follows Gary as he goes down into the basement. It's huge and there's a lot of space to cover. So they split up. They find a bunch of VHS tapes and decide to just take all of them and go through them at home, which makes sense. That's the smarter way to yeah. go about it. Instead of just sitting next to a dead yeah, body watching, watching tape them, after yeah. tape, but <laughs> still filming for some reason. <laughs> one of them goes to get a bag to get all the VHS tapes. On his way back to Gary, he sees someone moving along the stuff in the basement, but Gary doesn't believe him. And there's a musical sting. Yeah, that really yeah. that really takes you out of what's supposed to be found footage. Yeah. <laughs> That sucks, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Plus, if you're in somebody else's house and somebody's like, I, I seen somebody How do you know there. It's there? Why, yeah, why wouldn't you listen? I like, don't know. Yeah. It's not your home. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're in your own, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your own home playing around or something. It's like, oh, whatever. You're in a stranger's home stealing. They could keep a monster down here. Uh, anything. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. But back in the old man's TV room, rocks, I think, puts in another <laughs> tape and again sits in front of the old man and it cuts to blue. So the next segment is called Second Honeymoon and it's written and directed by Ty West. It opens on Stephanie, played by Sophia Tacall, recording herself in a car. She explains that she and her husband are going on a road trip and she's going to document memories along the way. 
We see her husband, Sam, played by Joe Swanberg, filling up the car with gas. So very quickly, Sophia Tikal actually co-wrote and directed the new Black Christmas film. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. thought it was... (laughs) But Joe Swanberg is also a director in his own right. Yeah. And I thought it was the way that they interact is very comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's because I don't know if you've heard of mumblecore. Mm -mm. It's a film genre that Joe Swanberg implements in his features. Mm -hmm. And it's basically actors basically doing I don't want to say all the work, but (laughs) it's very loosely scripted. Okay. And I feel like they utilize that here. And it's very interesting because when mumblecore is used in horror, it's called mumble gore, <laughs> which I thought was pretty No, that's pretty great. <laughs> but I think that's why the dialogue works the way it does in this one. That's I can I can actually see that now that you said that yeah. and I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. I just wanted to say that at the top. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we see some scenic views from the car, including a crashed and shot up car on the side of the road. That wasn't the Bonnie and Clyde car, was it? I, that was my thought. <laughs> really? So funny. Which I thought would come up later, but it doesn't no, come not up at all. <laughs> but we then see clips of them walking around a town, which is yeah, pretty standard stuff. Boring, just road yeah, trip I, stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. trying not to say boring, oh. but I don't have another word. It's boring, like couple shit. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, yeah, it's... fucking couple shit. Yeah. But the next time we see them, they're in a motel room and Stephanie is recording in the bedroom as Sam is in the shower. She says that he got the room on short notice. So there are two beds instead of one and the room is dirty. And she sets the camera down and pulls back the comforter on one of the beds and starts pointing out stains. It's like, yeah, we get it, guy. Which again, yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't come back again. Like, no. So this feels like filler. Mm-hmm. A lot yep. of this one. A oh, yeah. lot of this one. The next time we see them, they're out shopping at a place called Wild West Junction. Sam buys a cowboy hat. And as they're walking around, they see one of those fortune telling machines and stop, you know, like from Big. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we they, should go watch Big instead. We should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they put a dollar in the machine and the old miner inside advises them against saying too much and then wishing that they hadn't, which is good. That's good, good advice. Yeah. yeah. Stephanie takes the printed fortune and it reads. A new turn of events will soon come about. A happy reunion with a loved one will make life all that you wanted it to be. You have a very trusting nature and are easily taken in by so-called friends. Do not be so anxious to do favors onto others as there is one who is just waiting to take advantage of your good nature. It's a little on the nose, isn't it? A a bit. (laughs) (laughs) A bit. So back at the motel, Sam has the camera and starts taping Stephanie changing her clothes. He tells her to take her clothes off. And when she sees that he's holding the camera, she very seriously says that she doesn't want to. Does any guy (laughs) understand consent in this movie? No. The answer is no. And it sucks because Joe Swanberg seems like a very likable guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to see him doing dog shit like this, you're like, everybody's an asshole. But he takes off her sweatshirt and only in her bra, Stephanie seems very uncomfortable And she says that she already told him she didn't want to film anything like this. Despite his continuing to try to convince her, she puts her sweatshirt back on and says, no, they start laughing about it when there's a loud knock at the door. At this point, I was like, "Okay, cool. It's going to get interesting. Can something start happening? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They quiet down and the knock happens again. Stephanie gets Sam to go and open the door. And he's like, you go open it. I, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Why? I just don't, I don't understand. I thought that was funny. He's like, you go open it. I'm scared. Like, <laughs> Absolutely not. 
but he looks out the peephole and says that it's a girl. Through them taping out the window, we see a girl in a coat wandering aimlessly around the motel parking lot. She's like, is Tamara home? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. Inside the room, Stephanie records as Sam explains what just happened. Someone knocked on their door, and when he answered it, it was a college-aged girl asking for a ride tomorrow, but she didn't tell him where. He says she was really creepy and the situation was weird, but she wasn't physically intimidating. There was just something scary about her that made him nervous. Then the screen cuts to blue. When the footage picks back up, Stephanie is recording the parking lot again and remarks that the girl is gone. She turns the camera on Sam and asks if they should call the police, but he says no. Stephanie closes the drapes and locks the door, and Sam says that he's seen a lot of hitchhikers on the trip and there seems to be a drug problem here, so he just kind of wants to let it go. I've never driven through a town and <laughs> and caught on that there was a drug yeah. problem there. That's because that's our town when people oh. drive through. Yeah. <laughs> You're numb. Yeah. You're too Sorry. close to it. My bad. What a weird thing or like an answer to give. Just drop it. Let it go. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. But you were scared. Like yeah. You were, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Um, but he says maybe they will if she's still there in the morning. And Stephanie agrees. They turn off the light to go to sleep, each in their own bed, but the camera keeps rolling. Uh. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the next thing we see is the camera slowly creeping up to Sam's sleeping face, but then it pans over and we see Stephanie sleeping as well. So it's not her. That's when it gets creepy for me. Yes. And also there's the low hum of the AC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got some paranormal activity vibes. Yeah. That's fair. Right? Yeah. But the person holding the camera slowly pulls the sheet off of Stephanie and slides a knife across her hip. Stephanie turns over and pulls the blanket back on. That's a problem for me. We'll talk about it in a bit. Agree 100%. (laughs) Okay. The person walks across the room and videos both Sam and Stephanie asleep in their beds. They go over to the clothing and take cash out of Sam's wallet. And then they go into the bathroom and stick one of the toothbrushes in the toilet. That's just petty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, I, I wrote that. You're just being a jerk now. Yeah, that's, just there's mean. no reason for that. No. We see from a brief glimpse in the bathroom mirror that they're wearing a mask. The footage cuts to video of an overcast sky and what seems to be an incoming storm. Stephanie turns the camera to tell Sam that she hopes it doesn't rain. And we see that he's using the toothbrush that we just saw go into the toilet. Payoff. Immediate payoff. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sam. Yeah. In the next scene, they're in the car and Sam is accusing Stephanie of taking $100 out of his wallet, which we know what happened to it. But mm-hmm. she's like, maybe it wasn't there. It's like, I- <laughs> and don't tell me the contents of my own right. wallet. Yeah. <laughs> that would make me mad. Yeah. I, I just thought that was a little weird because you said they're married, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, why would it matter if you took money out of my wallet? I could understand. He's but- a little like, well, what'd you spend it on? Yeah. Like, well, he says something like, it wouldn't be the first yes. time. It's like, well, what? Yeah. yeah well, so there's more to this now you're building in? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And it, it, he says it wouldn't be the first time you decided to treat yourself. And Stephanie just doesn't say anything. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did that shit. Mm-hmm. But the footage cuts to them exploring a canyon. Stephanie is ahead and says she's scared to go any further. So Sam steps in front of her to explore a little bit more. So firstly, the canyon, you can absolutely miss me with that bullshit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely. But when he steps away to explore and he's out of sight. Yeah. Was this supposed to be suspenseful for us? I I think so. I think so. Yeah. Was not successful for me. I'm, (laughs) I'm sorry. But he does step out of view and just comes back a couple minutes later or moments later and says that there's a woman out there talking on her cell phone. 
cool, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next shot, I guess that woman is taking video of them standing in front of the canyon. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay. But how did you splice the footage to? Don't look. <laughs> okay. <too> sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you yeah, again. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the next scene, they're in the motel deciding on the route for their trip back as Stephanie is just zooming in on Sam's face. Stephanie leaves the route choice up to him and he picks a way through Vegas because he's feeling lucky. Nobody has ever said that and then <laughs> yeah, lucked out. Been. <laughs> yeah. They turn out the light to go to sleep and again, the camera light comes on after a few moments scanning over Sam who was asleep. The knife we saw earlier is abruptly just stabbed into his throat. Mm-hmm. It's it's gruesome, and yeah. I thought it looked pretty good. No, it did look good. He spits out blood and is gurgling, and they continue to stab him and kill him, spliced with footage of a car, mm-hmm. like Driving. a car ride. Yeah. What a way to wake up, huh? Yeah. No shit. <laughs> we see the person in the mask washing their hands a knife in the motel room sink, and they look at the camera and take their mask off to reveal a woman, presumably the woman that had knocked on their door earlier. Mm -hmm. Through the mirror, we see that Stephanie is holding the camera as she and the woman kiss. In the car, the camera pans to Stephanie, who is driving, asking if the other woman deleted the footage, and then it cuts to blue. So what did you guys think about Second Honeymoon? I think this is the weakest one for me so far. Yeah, the, the whole like beginning of it, was just boring (laughs) there was no like we said it was just boring couple stuff exactly which might be fine if you're doing that with your significant other you're the one yeah but i don't want to watch that there's yeah there's nothing for me there plus like you said the fortune teller thing and all that is like Mm -hmm. come on man yeah on the nose there (laughs) but it just like how did they not hear her coming in and out of the room and then I that the the murder is cool, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was a bit much. You know what I mean? It was like you're doing that just to get that. <gasps> yeah, you know, yeah. It was like you didn't have to do that. The shock value. Yeah, you didn't. It's have to, to apologize for being so boring earlier. Yeah, I, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I think I my problem with it because I didn't really care for this one either. Mm-hmm. I think that the twist was kind of just for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen maybe as she's credited, the girl yes. pop up more. What if she was at the Wild West place just watching them and you kind of yeah. zoom past her or something, you know? I think that would have been way more effective than just being like, oh, guess what? Nope, they're lovers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, which is good because he w- he wasn't good about consent, so fuck him. I don't right. give a shit what happens to him. <laughs> but I don't think that you would drag the knife across the sleeping leg of your lover and tape it if you're their right. accomplice. That's that's a big issue for me. Right. Um, Another one is why is Stephanie filming any of this if this was the plan? If she's just yeah. gonna turn and be like, oh, "Did no, you delete yeah. it? Why? Why did you film any of this?" What sucks is, did you delete that? Is a great line, but there's again, like you're saying, there's no point in taping maybe, it in the first place. Maybe, yeah. maybe we see the girls stalking them and taping it, and then we think they're in danger, but oh. Poof, pal, surprise, yeah. they're together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, that would be better. That would be a better story. You, you, the focus is not from them, it's from the stalker. It would be a oh, better, yeah. yeah, it would be yeah. a better story if aside from that one moment of, no, I'm going to put my sweatshirt back on, there was more tension. issue yeah. with them. Maybe Sam was an asshole because he's like, we can go through Vegas. And, like, he's a little boring, but yeah. he's not, I mean, I don't, it didn't gel. I feel like the 
bones of this story is good, mm-hmm. but it nah. could have <laughs> <Yeah, I, laughs> could have been better. Maybe more foreshadowing besides that on the nose. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's like when M. Night shows up and tells you the <laughs> rest of the movie in his own fucking movies. <laughs> So now we're back to tape 56 and we're back in the old man's TV room and Rox is seemingly disturbed by the video that he just, well, that we just watched. Mm -hmm. We see behind him though, that the old man is no longer sitting in the chair and Rox just puts in another tape. (laughs) I don't understand why nobody's paying attention to that old man. They're like super casual, just sitting in a room with a dead body. How do you not hear him behind you? couldn't he be was me. really yeah. watching that tape. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, they're going to Wild West yeah. land. <laughs> oh, shit. I love that place. In the basement, Zach asks Gary what's so special about this tape. Gary replies that he doesn't care, but it's probably something for blackmail. And he plans to make copies so that they can make even more money off of it. So they're dishonest thieves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to blue. So here's my problem with that. The transition to the third story they put the tape in and then we get more stuff of the people in the basement. Switch those. I, I totally agree. So that we can get it to where him putting the tape in is the start of the story. You're already abandoning your own conceit for the frame story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't be this angry, but goddamn. <laughs> no, but they did. Yeah. The next one is Tuesday the 17th, written and directed by Glenn McQuaid. It opens on four friends driving in a car. Wendy, played by Norma C. Quinones, is driving. Joey, played by Drew Moreland, is in the passenger seat recording. Samantha, played by Janine Elizabeth Yoder, and Spider, played by Jason (laughs) Yacannon, are in the backseat. Is that his Christian name? I believe so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy is driving them to a lake that she goes to by herself every year. Totally normal. Mm -hmm. After speeding and swerving toward a hitchhiker to scare him... Which I'm like, you guys are assholes too. Already, dude, and they're laughing like, you almost killed that yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I. the theme seems to be yes. friends just getting Being into- Being horrible yeah. people. Yeah, and do you think that that might have been an Evil Dead nod because of the hitchhikers and oh, um, Scotty getting you, into it with them? You might be giving it too much credit, but uh, yeah. I mean, well, maybe. I know I read on IMDb that the title is a nod to Friday the 13th. Right. Right. So maybe they're trying to just do a bunch yeah. of- maybe, Okay, I'll, I'll give them pass i guess on this one on this one thing but after debating who in the car would sleep with whom because of course Mm -hmm. spider asks wendy why she goes to this lake every year she explains that it's just fun no one goes there and they'll be all alone red flag (laughs) it comes out that wendy had promised samantha and joey both that it would be just a trip for the two of them but here we all are i appreciate that Kind of setting the seeds of what's Something's going on. Something's not right. Yeah. So I, I do like that. So later out in the woods, after daring himself to eat a bug. He just wanted to eat a bug. <laughs> he literally <laughs> dared himself. <laughs> Joey tells Spider that he only came to try to sleep with Wendy. And when he asks Spider what he's doing here, Spider confesses that he's here to try to sleep with Samantha. Oh, what a coincidence. What? One thing I do want to point out is they did have a very cringe moment in the car. When Joey picks up the camera and he's like, I have to document this. I'm like, (laughs) can you not? (laughs) Just very cringe. After some wedgy antics and dick jokes, we cut to Wendy asking Joey to film a short wall in the woods. When he's confused, she asks that he just humor her. It's tripping her out because her friend tripped over it the last time she was here. Why is it tripping her out? I don't know. 
<laughs> it's not like it's I don't I don't know. <laughs> but the camera glitches and we see a dead girl, bloody and seemingly propped up against that wall. Joey and Spider later come across a dead and eviscerated animal. Wendy and Samantha are disgusted and annoyed as they walk away from them. I don't know if this is meant to be foreshadowing or if it's just more filler. Like, I don't I don't know. But it cuts to Joey filming Wendy standing next to a small waterfall. The camera glitches again and we see a man floating face down in the water with his like spine exposed. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. I do like these splices a lot. I think they're pretty interesting. I mean, granted, they don't make any fucking sense right. at all. Right. But they are they and they look good. Mm-hmm. Joey kind of ruins it because he goes, what's with your camera? He shouldn't be seeing these. <laughs> yeah. He's currently taping it. Why are there dead bodies? Yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> but they stop to film a tree covered in mushrooms. Spider and Samantha walk away, at which point Wendy turns to the camera and says, you're all going to fucking die up here. Joey's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that did not get the reaction it deserved. What? You heard her. Yeah. You heard exactly what she said. You get back in the car and you leave fucking Wendy's ass. Oh, no, here. yeah. Uh-uh. Done. Sorry. You don't joke. We don't play like that when I go to the woods. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Oh, and then you told us all different shit to get us yes, over here. Yes. That yes, was yes. already established in the car. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not like you don't know. It's mm-mm. like, oh, something's wrong. <laughs> But cut to them all smoking weed next to a lake. Well, not all of them, because Spider is upset that they're, quote unquote, doing drugs because he doesn't do drugs and he's afraid of getting the fear. Does he mean paranoia from smoking weed? I I guess. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. (laughs) Everyone at this point is laughing and making fun of him. But he goes on to explain that the fear is when you do too many drugs and you get all crazy. Is this a PSA? (laughs) (laughs) This is Reefer Madness. He finally concedes to taking a hit if they don't film it. Joey turns the camera away and, of course, immediately turns back to film him. Of course. Finally, Joey decides to ask Wendy, hey, what do you mean with that whole we're all going to die up here thing? It wasn't cryptic. It was not (laughs) poetry. It's very easy. (laughs) Wendy asks if they really don't know what happened out here, and no one does. Still speaking cryptically, she says the weird thing is she doesn't even remember what he looked like. Everyone is invested now, but then she busts out laughing and everyone's like, oh, I knew she was, you know, whatever. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. She changes the subject, I guess. I guess. With, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying. With laughing. I would still have more questions. No, no, no. Go back to what you were talking about. Yeah, there's no way. Don't laugh Mm -hmm. your way out of this. But she did. And (laughs) Joey suddenly decides to take off all his clothes and go skinny dipping in the lake. Okay. I do want to say that this might be the scariest part of the whole thing. Only because I read a story about jumping into natural bodies of water like this. Mm-hmm. If you're a dude, there's like some parasite that literally swim, swims up your wiener. <laughs> and then, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. And then it like has barbs and it stays in there and you have to get it like mm-hmm. removed. That's a real thing. So, yeah. Well, that's scarier than Tuesday Whatever. the 17th. But <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you watching this and you're like, no, don't, no, don't, don't, don't go in there. Exactly. Yeah. As if they weren't already making bad enough decisions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he suddenly starts splashing around like he's being dragged underwater, but of course, it's just a joke. Samantha says she has to go take a shit because he scared the shit out of her. It makes sense. A- it's A1 dialogue. <laughs> but cut to Spider filming the tree that she's pooping behind, 
what a fucking creep yeah that's that was a little weird I was like, <laughs> what are, what are you doing dude? Yeah. <laughs> i feel like the catchphrase of this episode is just that guy's a creep because yes. well, every yeah, single that's the guy subtitle but he takes this opportunity to ask what Wendy was talking about. And Samantha says she doesn't know, but that Wendy is weird and it scared her. <laughs> All right. So suddenly she pops out from behind the tree and asks Spider if he wants to see something. She says she's going to show him a new cheer that no one has seen yet. But just as she begins, the camera glitches and shows an odd black and red person shaped mm-hmm. mass next to them. When the camera focuses on Samantha again, she has a whole ass knife stuck through her eye. Again, yeah. the effects are not no, bad. No, it looks good. It looks Matrix. good. <laughs> she, of course, dies and Spider runs as the glitching person comes toward him. He drops the camera and we see the glitch jump on top of him and just stab him through the forehead a few times before dragging him away. Wendy walks over and just picks up the camera. I guess not every kill can be creative. I guess not. <laughs> Just stab him in the forehead of you. Yeah, does. sure. It got the job done. Yeah. <laughs> but cut to her walking up to Joey, who is still sitting by the lake by himself. And he asks where Spider and Samantha are, and she says they left. And he's like, I think something swam up my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wendy, I got to get to a hospital. <laughs> but she promptly asks him if he wants to have sex. He asks her to turn the camera off, but she won't and continues to ask him. He says he thinks she was serious about those murders. <laughs> Wasn't he like, I think I remember reading something about yeah, that. Yeah, he remembers he reading does. about them now. <laughs> now. Four kids were killed by a man who was insane. But Wendy says he was beyond insane. He was evil and that the lake ran red with blood. We should start to worry now. <laughs> I'd say so. Run, yeah. Joey. He suggests that she came back for some closure and then the camera starts to glitch. She says that's not why she came back. She brought them as bait because no one believed her about the man who was seemingly everywhere and he still hasn't been caught. Okay, now you drop the ball. Yes. Because before you hinting at Wendy being obviously something. Right. Yeah. Now you're just like, here's my whole story. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to me because why is she acting evil? When she really came up here to confront this thing, but she's like, you're all going to fucking die. Like, it's like, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) I'm like confused. I think that she said that so they could use it in the trailer. Okay. (laughs) Didn't she tell him she used him as bait? She She did. Yeah. But the whole reason she's there is to confront this thing. Right. But she comes up and she's like, wanna fuck? And it's like, well, what, well, what are I you mean, doing? That's I not mean, why we're here. I've never gone hunting before, but I imagine to hunt a bear, you gotta think like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe it's the same. I don't know. So to hunt evil, you become evil. Exactly. Oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. But she explains that her friend cracked her head open on that wall that they passed. Well, then... Then he didn't... No. I don't... I, your friend's just clumsy. I'm sorry <laughs> for, <laughs> for your Tucker loss. Is Dale versus evil? <laughs> Joey says that they should all just go home and that she needs help, but she tells them the others are already dead. Then we can get out of here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Me and you oh, can no, go. Yeah. Yeah. She says that she's ready for him this time. Just then, the glitching figure appears behind Joey and just stabs him through the throat. <laughs> Wendy runs away and hides in the trees, still holding the camera. It begins to glitch, so she runs away, leading him further into the woods through traps that she's set for him. Yeah. So she came <laughs> here before she I came guess. here with the group? I guess. I feel like she didn't even need the group. I. Yeah. 
I don't know. Is it like a giving a last meal? I guess. A, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but she's filming him and it keeps glitching and she says out loud, why can't I film you? Okay. So cut to her running wildly through the woods and she picks up the camera and says, if you're watching this, don't come here. Who, me? (laughs) (laughs) You got bigger fish to fry, Wendy. (laughs) Don't worry about me. (laughs) She sees Joey walking aimlessly through the woods, still bleeding and wheezing. She calls out to him, but he walks over to her just to fall and die next to her. (laughs) Just wheezing and eating. (laughs) (laughs) The camera starts to glitch again as the figure walks up from behind Joey He activates a trap that she set, causing a board with nails to spring up and like stab through him. Right. Mm -hmm. She laughs and taunts him as the screen continues to glitch. After hearing something behind her, she turns around and turns back to see the glitch jumping down on her from the tree. So are there two? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He takes the camera and bashes her with it as everything continues to glitch out. He then stabs and saws through her stomach before pulling out her organs. As you do. Yeah, as one does. He drops the camera to show himself pulling out her intestines before walking away. Her body then begins to convulse as the screen continues to glitch. I guess we're supposed to presume that she's the new glitch murder monster. Oh, I was like, let her dance. She's happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess that makes more sense. And then, yeah, that that's it. What did you guys think of Tuesday the 17th? Can I guess you didn't like it? I did not care for this. (laughs) (laughs) I think it has a very interesting concept. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the glitch as the killer Mm -hmm. to where you can't catch him on film. Very interesting. Really bad acting that did not feel intentional. Can't agree enough. Because I think the thing is, is that if you're trying to capture like the 80s slasher, you know, just whatever, turn your brain off, watch, you got to lean in a little more. Yeah. For me to be like, oh, okay, so that's what you're going for. Yeah. Because at some parts you're like, no. And the guy that played Joey wasn't too bad acting wise. No, he no. wasn't. But everybody else was just kind of like, well. yikes. Yeah, I didn't think this one was was that bad that that like you're saying the delivery on it wasn't <laughs> wasn't great i do like the whole glitch thing too mm-hmm. i did enjoy that um but i feel like that end part was gore just to be gore yeah you know what i mean I like agree. it seemed like it was a little too much like what he's like swinging him around or he's yes. like you know he's putting his hand in there and, yeah for what <laughs> yeah why you all we already seen that you killed her mm-hmm. she's dead <laughs> You don't need to do all that extra stuff. You know what I mean? A little overboard. Yeah, it was just, but it, it wasn't bad, but it, it it did. I felt like the ending was gore just to be gore. I think the idea of the glitch was cool. I do not care for the execution. <laughs> I feel like the story is underdeveloped, I guess. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And maybe I'm just not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I want to be there. (laughs) (laughs) But this one is probably my least favorite one of the film. I guess I'm alone by the looks I'm getting, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. This one's probably my least favorite one. It's... I literally wrote in my notes, not my least favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I understand. I do. yeah. But back to tape 56. It cuts back to the old man's TV room, and now he's back in the chair. 
Did he just go to get some Cheez-Its or something? (laughs) (laughs) Gary and Zach finally come into the room, but now Rox is gone too. They find the flashlights of the two missing guys on the floor, but there's no sign of either of them. Gary volunteers to go look for them if Zach stays and checks through the tapes, which I thought Gary was the one that's like, let's take this shit home. But yeah, uh, Zach, you stay and watch the tapes. (laughs) New plan. Uh, Yeah. Of course, Zach sits with the camera facing himself and starts another tape and the screen cuts to blue. The next one is the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger, directed by Joe Swanberg and written by Simon Barrett. What's with the long title? Is this like a Fallout Boy song? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So it starts with long distance couple Emily, played by Helen Rogers, and James, played by Daniel Kaufman, video chatting. Emily shows James a bruise and a bump on her arm, and she asks him if after he becomes a doctor, she can just stay home and him take care of her. He says he might need a little convincing, so she takes off her shirt and bra and shakes her breast in front of the camera. And he's convinced. He's convinced. (laughs) So (laughs) with the bruise, he's like, no, I don't really see it. It's clear. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. (laughs) Gaslighting. Yes, absolutely. In the next chat, Emily is showing him her new apartment because he won't get to see it until fall break. She shows him an area of the apartment where she apparently heard footsteps. After James tries to rationalize it, she dismisses it, saying that it almost didn't seem real. James says that it sounds like a dream. So Emily says next time it happens, she'll call him and he can see and hear it and give her courage to investigate. T, you're making a face. I am. (laughs) Sorry. I just feel like, I don't know. Already, I'm already starting to kind of not like this one. <laughs> it's like two minutes in. Yeah, and I'm sorry to everyone. <laughs> no, I I I understand. I It was a little... I was like, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, even... Okay, the idea is pretty neat at the start because you're like, oh, okay, so it's going to be like a ghost story. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that maybe I'm a little clouded by what the story turns into. Right. And so it's making me retroactively hate the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) But the next time we see them, Emily calls James in the middle of the night to tell him there's something at her door. And we do hear thumps and thuds. Mm -hmm. Armed with the camera, she leaves her bedroom to find nothing there. She insists that her apartment is haunted and that this all feels familiar. In some weird expositional dialogue, she recalls when she was 12 and things started to get weird for her. She had some kind of accident that resulted in her having surgery, and it was the first time she and James had been apart since she was a small child, and now this is the first time they've been apart since high school, and these things are happening again. Hey, it's weird because you'd think that both these characters would already know that. You would. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't (laughs) you? Yeah. Um, But the whole time she's talking, there's a child standing in the doorway behind her with its face out of the frame. As she's explaining this, the child just runs past her, and she doesn't notice, but James does. Mm-hmm. But she does see it when the child comes back the other way and slams the door behind it. And they both look at each other afraid, and then it cuts to black. Now, this did look good, I, I know, thought. yeah. I will agree with that. I think that the reaction was a little muted to what, <laughs> what just the fuck I would react with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, what the fuck is yeah, that? Exactly. She just puts her hands over her mouth like she uh, dropped her milk or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And the next video chat is Emily is fervently scratching her arm. She asked James if he thinks it was a kid. And James is like, he definitely saw something, but it could have just been a breeze. You fucker. <laughs> you can't see a breeze. No. no. 
You can see the results of a breeze. And then she's like, of all the times to not record our conversation. Why is he lying about not recording the conversation when we're watching it, it right now? Because somebody's yeah. clearly recording it. Yeah. But she says she's going to ask her landlord if a kid died in her apartment while continuing to scratch at and squeeze her arm. <laughs> Just some light conversation with the landlord. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a kid hey, died uh... there. <laughs> James finally tells her to stop and leave her arm alone and he'll look at it when he comes to see her. She says that there's a lump under her skin that won't get better and it won't go away, but she agrees to stop messing with it. Now, I guess we're under the impression that James is, you know, in doctor school. <laughs> Medical school? Medical school. <laughs> Sterile. <Yeah. laughs> um, and wouldn't... Wouldn't you expect him to be like, you need to go get seen right, right now? Mm-hmm. Because my dad is in the medical field and it's you need to go get seen right now. Yeah. It's not I'll be there in some weeks and then I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's as serious as she's claiming it is. Yeah. He's like, just stop. All right. <laughs> it's like you've heard of WebMD, right? <laughs> but the next call is in the middle of the night. She's hearing the noise again and called him before she went to go check. He tells her to get a weapon and she comes back with scissors. Eh, not bad. I mean, this isn't us, but um, <laughs> she goes out of her room and he tells her to go toward the living room. Since she doesn't have a flashlight, she grabs her camera and starts taking pictures with the flash on, illuminating the room for just a second. So I guess these guys saw saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he tells her he doesn't see anything until we see the outline of a child. She takes another picture and then the lights come on and she runs past the child and into the room. Back in her bedroom, he's flatly like, Emily, close your door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he became a robot. I don't know what happened. But she does. And when she comes back to the camera, she says she should have talked to him. She asks if he was recording that. And of course, he says he wasn't. She's angry and he promises to press record the next time she calls him. But why can't she press record? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Because she's like, James! (laughs) (laughs) But she asks him to stay up with her for the night, and he says that he will. So in the next video call, Emily tells James that her landlord said, in fact, no kid died in that apartment. (laughs) In fact? (laughs) No kid ever even lived in that apartment. What an odd way to say, usually you say that to a positive. In fact, someone did, no, it's never. (laughs) In fact, no kid ever died there. Weird. Kids die everywhere. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) But she's looking down off screen and he asks what she's doing. She tells him that the lump moved in her arm and she was trying to get it out. She then raises her arm to show she has made a huge hole and is digging in it with tweezers. He's like, Emily, what are you doing? (laughs) Now, it looks good. No, it, it does. does look good. That's a big ass hole in her arm. It is. should have freaked the fuck out. Oh Absolutely. no, yeah. <laughs> this dude is like he does not give a fuck. And he's smiling as he do- he's admonishing her. He's like Emily. Oh, <laughs> Emily. You gotta wash it with alcohol. You're like, what the fuck? You're crazy, dude. But in more awkward dialogue, he's like, "This is just like your leg seven years ago, and that left a scar." He has it to the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's almost the anniversary, Emily. <laughs> she goes into her kitchen and gets a like big two pronged fork mm-hmm. and starts just going to town, digging in her arm. James tells her to stop and put alcohol and a bandage on it. And I couldn't help but think what alcohol would feel like if you put it on a hole like that. Oh, you would pass out, I think. Mm, probably. Uh. <laughs> But he tells her he'll be there in a week and he'll take care of it, but she just needs to leave it alone for now. Then she goes and gets herself cleaned up. 
She calls him again in the middle of the night and says that the child is outside her room and she needs his help in talking to it. Well, <laughs> she says, I don't want to look at him. He's a ghost. He freaks me out. It's yeah. like, well, <laughs> of course. So James's reply is, that's really scary, Emily. <laughs> I don't know if this dude's on Xanax. I don't know. He's got the hookup. He's a metal yeah. guy. <laughs> He's got a blank prescription pad. Oh, yeah. He's going to get into a but- lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> But her plan is that she's going to face the camera toward the kid and close her own eyes so she doesn't look at him and get scared. James is supposed to tell her if the kid is there and paying attention to her when she talks to him. All right. Not a bad system, I guess. (laughs) No, but she opens the door and there's nothing there. She checks the bathroom and the living room and there's nothing there. He tells her to go back to her room and she brings the camera up to say she's disappointed that the kid is gone and James sees something behind her. He's like, Emily, close your eyes. And she goes, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just... like, none of you guys, none of your feelings are right. Not at all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gotcha, chief. (laughs) (laughs) But she turns the camera back and there's like four kids now. The screen goes completely white and then the camera falls. It focuses back in on Emily who is face down on the floor and the kids are all sitting around her. James is now gone from his little square on the computer. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, the front door opens and James comes inside. He uses a scalpel to slice open her back and, of course, turns it right toward the camera before digging inside for quite some time. Now, the skin looks good as he's going Mm -hmm. in, but I guess she has no muscles because that was... (laughs) Yeah, I... (laughs) Straight ribcage. I thought that too. I was like, damn. (laughs) But he finally takes out what appears to be a fetus. And he's like, you're sure this thing is part human? (laughs) (laughs) They haven't said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I don't don't mean to just openly laugh at this. No, I, at this part, I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is happening? What the fuck is going on? I was like, did I stop paying attention? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But a distorted and unintelligible voice answers him. And he's like, well, how many times are we going to have to do this to her? (laughs) After the voice responds, he says he doesn't know if she'll survive that. He then reiterates (laughs) that Emily thinks he's in Michigan right now. And he's like, that's far away. (laughs) It's like, I don't know where the fuck you're from, but. (laughs) But he then (laughs) he then asks if the tracking device in her arm has an expiration date. He says they're going to have to make it look like an accident again, so he's going to have to break some of her bones. Then he realizes that the camera's still on and turns it off. You can't see me right now, but I am shaking my head. (laughs) (laughs) Just back and forth. Later, she's chatting with him again with a broken arm and a very bruised face. He tells her that he made it back to school fine, and she tells him that she went to the doctor that he recommended, and the doctor diagnosed her as schizoaffective with mild schizophrenia and bipolar. That explains why she didn't remember running into the street that night. She says she's taking medication now and starts to cry. He reassures her that she's going to be okay, and she tells him that she doesn't deserve him, and he deserves to be with someone normal, which is like really sad because you're just letting her... It's like, it's fucked up, but very much another asshole. Yeah. You know, it it never ends. No, but he tells her that she's the only one he's ever wanted to be with. So stop acting like he has a choice. But what? (laughs) I know it's supposed to be like sweet and comforting, but not so much. It sounds really mean when you're when it sounds like a threat at the end. (laughs) So stop it. 
But before they get off, she tells him that she loves him and he does not say it back. Nope. Later, James is video chatting with another girl who shows him a sore on her arm. The conversation starts so ridiculously. He goes, how's it going? And she goes, I have a sore spot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, can we have pleasantries first? Nope. But he tells her that he'll look at it when he gets there and to stop messing with it. So she takes off her shirt and bra and cut to blue. (laughs) So what did you guys think of the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger? (laughs) Don't everybody speak at once. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be honest, man. I'll just start with saying that Joe Swanberg seems like a nice guy. (laughs) Let's preface that. And I don't want (laughs) to be a total asshole here, but... I personally, I would cut this segment altogether from the movie. I don't think that it needs to be here. I think it just takes up time, makes the movie longer when it doesn't need to be. No, it doesn't. And I just, I mean, go watch Host on Shutter if you want a yeah. webcam kind of a Word, horror movie. Yeah. You'll, and it's only like 20 minutes longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think I'm going to have to agree with that. <laughs> really? I don't think that it's it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I like, I guess, what was going on. Mm-hmm. But does he work for ghosts? Or like, <laughs> what was the, like, there, there's nothing. Undefined. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing explained. There's no, like, I mean, and then how does he understand the ghost, whatever it is, was talking to him or and then he's like having a conversation. How long has this been going on? Why is well, he hiding in the other room? Well, obviously, since she was 12 when this stuff started happening So the he's first been time. dating her since she was 12. Yeah. Wait, so he's been cutting her open since he was 12? Yeah, because she said the same thing. I had the accident and then I had the surgery. It's Wait, the same so thing. So he's Doogie Hauser. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That doesn't even make sense. What is, it doesn't. And what's funny is when I was reading online about this, a lot of people said the aliens, the aliens. And I'm like, where the fuck did what y'all see aliens? aliens? I saw green ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> and even if that, if they were aliens, why did you continue to leave them as ghosts? Yeah. Why didn't you have them change Make when them he, start, yeah, oh, when he yeah. started talking to them or something? That's my that's my thing is I feel like there's something really cool happening. No, oh, yeah. And it's like there was a real missing or like I fell asleep in the middle of it. That's, oh, what, yeah, it, yeah. that's what it feels like. So that. It's a bummer because I feel like this could have been a really cool mm-hmm. story in the way that they told it with the webcams and whatnot. Right, right. And even the twist of him, you know, being the one that's helping do this. Yeah, story. I'm, not, I'm still not fully. Is fully he also clear. an alien? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> but this one just simply does not make sense. No. That's, that's my complaint. No, it, it didn't work for me at all. And. It feels like it suffers the thing with anthologies where there's one segment that kind of feels like it gets the shaft. Yeah. 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 And I feel like of all the segments, this one, they just kind of were like, yeah, well, we're putting this one here as like almost like a palate cleanser to get to the the last one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Back to tape 56. Gary comes back into the room and now Zach is gone. And so is the old man that was supposed to be dead in the chair. Nobody notices. Yeah. Yeah. Gary picks up Zach's camera and uses its flashlight to look around. He hears heavy footsteps running through the house, so he follows the sounds as he continues to call out to Zach. He turns to see a 
decapitated body in the hallway and he laughs and goes oh fuck yeah, yeah. like like that's gnarly dude it's like no your friend is dead yes it's like he found his friend drunk or something yeah. it's like oh fuck dude it's like, like what why are you laughing <laughs> but then we see the body's head roll out onto the floor <laughs> i don't know somehow that makes it worse because he's like oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> but he looks up to see the old man standing ominously in the doorway with blood on his shirt. He runs down the stairs for a long time before falling. <laughs> like, the stairs were not that long. No. But he picks the camera up and looks up the stairs to see the old man coming downstairs and toward him. Finally, the old man's face appears in front of the camera with his mouth like split open. Mm-hmm. So is he like a vampire or a ghoul? Or? I guess. He's something. Sure. All yeah. right. <laughs> Gary screams and the camera falls in a shot very reminiscent of a shot from the Blair Witch Project. You know, what's interesting mm -hmm. is Adam Wingard, he went on to direct the Blair Witch sequel. Wow. That's because that's literally what it made me think. Yeah. Of. So I guess he's been a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's silence as the camera continues to roll before shutting off. Next, we see the view of the camera still in the old man's TV room. It's facing the chair that's empty now. We hear the VCR start playing a tape and then it cuts to blue. Now, oddly, this is the end of the frame story. There's still one more segment, but this is it for the frame story. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think of tape 56? <laughs> I mean, they got what they deserved. They're all dead. They oh, yeah, they did. It's a story. I know. <laughs> it's a story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree. You know, it's funny. I thought Creepshow 2 had my least favorite frame story. Well, move over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, it's really good that they are, like you said, all dead. They were reprehensible assholes, so it's nice to see them get their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it takes up so much time of the movie. Yeah. It takes up a really long time. It's and again, a, this movie is like two hours long yeah, for no good yeah. reason. Oh, no. You literally could have started it with them heading towards the house with that exposition dump saying, mm -hmm. hey, yeah, we got to steal this VHS tape. Yeah. And then we're. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Because we're criminals, guys. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then start it there. And now your frame story at the start is like two minutes. Instead, it was like 12. Yeah. Yeah. And then with all the inner splice, you got almost 15 to 20 minutes of frame story. And then you don't even end it on the frame story, so the picture's falling out. That's what's... Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little weird. That's what's weird to me. But in my opinion, the frame story was not for me. I'll just say that. I will agree. Um, I will say the idea of them having to look and watch these VHS tapes to find the right one is an excellent idea for right. a frame no, story. Yeah. The execution is just not there. No. The characters are all interchangeable, and they're all awful oh yeah and what is the story with the old man is the old man the one that sent them there is the old know. man supernatural yeah. what was the vhs that they were looking for it just it and you know you, you, the thing is is that this is a genius move if they would have played it right because all they need to do is have a group of likable people and then this is the frame story for the entire franchise definitely mm -hmm. them just searching for the through yeah. the yeah. tapes for the you know quote unquote the tape yeah and that's it but instead, they made them horrible. Yeah, there's not yeah. a likable one among them. They're they're predators. Like yeah. they're. And I'm glad they got got. I'm glad they got got as well. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the last segment is 103198, written by Matt Bettinelli Olpin, Tyler Gillett, Justin Martinez, and Chad Valella, and directed by Radio Silence. Radio Silence has gone on to do some pretty good things. Yeah. And this I, I also enjoy, but they Yeah, I did too. They made Ready Ready or Not. Which fantastic kiss they're making the new scream oh man so radio silence is kind of where it's at (laughs) but this segment opens on a group at a park barbecuing and seemingly having a great time with each other before the recording just stops it opens back up on october 31st 1998 tyler played by tyler gillett is in a teddy bear costume turning the camera on as the horn honks outside now he's like a teddy bear nanny cam Mm mm-hmm which is, I thought, kind of a, a cool way to have this camera following them all right. night. Right, absolutely. Instead of having to come up with excuses. Yeah. yeah. Um, his roommate tells him that his friends are here, but reminds him that it's going down at midnight, which we never get any more clarification. I <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, yeah. Ooh, what's happening at midnight? And then, I don't know. But we see Tyler look down the balcony and see his friends waiting downstairs in the car. So he runs downstairs and gets in the car. His friends, Chad, Matt, and Paul, played by Chad Valella, Matt Bettinelli, Olpen, and Paul Natanek, respectively, seem happy to see him. So a lot of these guys are radio silence. Yes, <laughs> which is really cool. <laughs> and I think, to me, that's what works here is because they genuinely just seem like actual friends. They do. Yeah. And they're a nice contrast from the assholes of the first yes, story. Yes, these all seem like decent mm-hmm. dudes. Yes. Like... They're just like, talking about the fresh air. Yeah. stuff. They're not talking about stuff. Yeah. You know, they're not watching porn on their phone while they're driving. Nope. It's sad that the bar's that low. We're like, these yeah. are great oh, yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> Saints, all of them. But they drive and sing and debate on directions. They stop at train tracks as a train goes by and talk about the party that they're going to, establishing that girls are going to be there later. They don't say anything nasty. Nope. They don't try to film them. Nope. Again, very low bar. <laughs> low. It cuts to blue and they're still driving when it picks back up. It cuts out again and it's a lot darker when they finally pull up to the party. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how long have they been looking for this place? You know what that reminded me of is Halloween, John Carpenter. Oh, when they're right. yeah, Yeah. When Michael's following them. But they start passing out beers to each other as they walk up to the house. They walk up to the front door, which is open, but they don't open the screen door to go inside. Instead, they look in the house to see that it's empty. They go around the back to see if maybe the party is popping back there, but it is not. (laughs) Not at all. They let themselves in through the back, and they're the only ones in the house. As they put their beer in the fridge, they call out for the host, Justin, but assume that he just went to go buy alcohol. Why would you think this is a party? There's nobody there. (laughs) I I don't know. Clearly, it's not. The house is completely empty. Yeah. I just want to put it out there. I've been to, I believe, two parties in my entire life. (laughs) And... Every it time like this. I made sure I was not the first one there. Right. So even if I did arrive, I would wait to see another car. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Instead, they're like, yeah, let's rock. Yeah. <laughs> they brought the party. Yeah. But the light in the next room flickers repeatedly and they joke that the house is haunted. Tyler continues to wander around with his friends and the camera starts glitching a little bit. As his friends enter another room, he turns around to see a girl standing on the stairs in the next room. He turns back around when his friends walk back in, screaming and laughing, saying that hands were coming out of the walls at them in the next room. Quickly, the girl kind of recedes slash disappears into the shadows. Mm -hmm. Looks pretty cool. It looks really good. 
But his friends are freaked out and very impressed with what they believe is Halloween tricks and decorations that their friends set up. I mean, it's the time of the season. It is. I mean, it's literally Halloween. Yeah. But how do they think their friend (laughs) set up hands coming out of the wall? Yeah. And again, there's nobody (laughs) here. No. But they go upstairs, Tyler trailing behind them. Once upstairs, Tyler goes into a bedroom that has a sink in it for some reason. Did anybody else see that? Mm -mm. Yeah. I didn't quite understand (laughs) that either. But after he flicks on the light, we see a girl in the mirror on the wall. But when he turns back to the mirror, the girl is now gone. Well, you know, come to think of it, you remember whenever we were teenagers and mom and dad were looking for a new house and one of the houses we looked at literally had a toilet in the closet? Yes. So, I mean, there's some weird houses out (laughs) there, man. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you want to shit in the closet. I don't know. I do not know. Different strokes. Mm -hmm. But the lights turn off and we hear a thud as Tyler calls out to his friends. He turns the light back on as Chad walks into the room, telling him to be quiet because they're going to go scare Matt. He remarks again how cool this house is. It is a cool house. (laughs) But I mean, okay, it is. (laughs) He then jumps into the room where Matt is standing with Paul and screams. Matt is startled. So victory. Yeah, (laughs) that's what he wanted. (laughs) They continue through and start hearing what sounds to be muffled talking and singing. Feeling as though this must be the party they've come to, they climb another flight of stairs into the attic. Okay. (laughs) I hear all of this. There's no way this can lead to anything good. Mm -mm. No. They're literally saying cast him down down or out. I've seen enough movies and (laughs) true crime documentaries to know this is not a good... This is my Uh, stop. Yes. Yeah. I I wrote the same thing. I was like, (laughs) you can hear this is not a party. No. I was like, that's not... What you came for. No, they're not playing any 90s rock. (laughs) (laughs) To this point, they come upon four men in the attic, one of them preaching to the other three. In the middle of them is a woman tied up and crying. The friends all laugh, somehow thinking that this is part of the party. (laughs) When they start chanting with the men. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Yeah, I was like, they're they're just fucking. Yeah, yeah. But they quickly see that this is no joke. The men get pissed and tell them to leave. And the woman pleads for them to help her. As the woman screams for help, one of the men goes over and slaps her. This is the line for the four friends. And they go the rest of the way up the stairs to put a stop to what's going on. Now, I think this is another thing that sets them apart from every other man in this movie who would have been like, yeah, hit her again. (laughs) (laughs) They would have. I swear. It's a nice contrast. It's yeah. Very appreciated. Mm hmm. Just then, though, Tyler's camera begins to glitch severely and cut out. When it comes back, two of the men seem to be choking and then float up to the ceiling as if being dragged away. I don't know if this is no to low budget. This looks really good. No, it does. When I was watching this one, I was like, okay, this is where the movie's budget went. Because everything (laughs) in this one looks great. It looks fantastic. But the next thing we see is the four friends running out of the house, as they should. Oh, yeah. Just as they reach the door, Tyler tells them to stop and listen to the woman screaming and crying in the attic. As she pleads for help, he tells his friends they can't just leave her here. Again, they're Good dude. They're great guys. Yeah, because they go with him. Mm-hmm. They weren't um, like, you can, I'm leaving. Uh, no. They're like, let's all go get her. I'm sorry. I probably wouldn't have went back up there. <laughs> Call the police. No. If, if Not after them getting the sucked into the yeah, oh, no. yeah. oh, yeah, they did see that. Right. Yes. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh. We'll come back for you. <laughs> Thunder gun. Thunder gun. But their plan is simple. Get the girl and leave. 
The camera continues to cut in and out as they make their way back up to the attic. They're immediately taken down by the men in the attic. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. As one of them sits on top of Tyler, strangling him, he grabs his own throat and is pulled into the ceiling like the other guys were. Tyler grabs a what looks to be a dagger. It looks like a ceremonial. Yes. Yeah. That's on the floor and cuts the woman's ropes. They grab her and run. As they run through the house, doors are floating, birds are inexplicably flying from room to room, and handprints are appearing on the walls. I love the look of the birds. Yes. That just looks really awesome. But they make it to the door, and the door handle shakes on its own before they can grab it. The window in the door closes itself as hands and arms start reaching out of the walls. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So the arms reaching out of the walls reminded me a lot of Grave Encounters. Yeah. But then I thought more and I was like, wait, no, Day of the Dead. That's probably where they both got the idea. Oh, you're, yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. But they run through the kitchen and see chairs now stacked up on the table. Utensils hurl at them. Cups and plates float above the table. They reach for the door and the handle just disappears in a puff of smoke. (laughs) Fuck that. It's like, we're not going anywhere. No. Tyler turns around to see that the air in the next room is thick with smoke. He announces that they're trapped inside the house, which I mean, yeah. yeah. They find a door that opens and they carry the woman down the stairs and into the basement. Hands come out of the ground and smoke starts to fill the room and they're barely able to get the cellar door open in time to run outside. It was tense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you're watching it and you're like, okay, finally. Yeah. Something good is happening because it's been nothing but horrible shit the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. Paul and Chad run to get the car ready as Matt and Tyler carry the crying woman. They make it to the car and take off in a hurry, but quickly realize that they're lost. The woman is still crying and bleeding, and it looks like she's been stabbed in the stomach. Yeah, I did Mm. notice that as well. Probably that ceremonial dagger. Yeah, I would think. Plus, if they were lost, why not pull over and ask somebody or... I don't, I don't know. You know <laughs> They're what I mean? like, I don't know. I, you're so, you would be so scared. Well, no, I get it, but they are like, where's the nearest hospital? Where's that? <laughs> Just, there's people on the road. Flag somebody there down. Was. Yeah, there Halloween. was. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. People are trick or treating. But the car suddenly stops on its own and the camera cuts out, glitching for a minute. When it comes back, Matt has blood on him, but the woman has completely disappeared. Tyler turns to see her standing outside his window, screaming. Suddenly, she's standing in front of the car, which still won't start. When she's standing in front of the car, a bird keeps flying back and forth in front of the windshield. Oh, shit. So it's like a huh. really nice touch. Yeah. Like a little reminder. Like, that was from Remember? the house, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember what just happened to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just leave. Right. But we now see that they're stopped on the railroad tracks. There's an oncoming train, and they're all unable to open their doors. They all scream and prepare to be hit by the train as the camera goes out. The screen glitches and cuts to a blue screen before displaying the title VHS. Over the credits, they just show the assholes from the frame story wrecking the house and assaulting the woman on the street again and again. It's horrible footage, but the song at the end is a fucking bop. The song was good. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta give it that. So what did you guys think of 103198? For me, this was the strongest one, which I'm sure we all agree yeah i did enjoy the story i wish there was a little more you know what i mean to it but Mm -hmm. i think this was the strongest one and it was like you said a nice change from them instead of them being fucking predators (laughs) yeah they're just normal people yeah and uh 
Not saying that there isn't predators out there, but they're not normal people. They're pieces of shit. You know what I mean? No, and so I don't, we don't watch need to be about that. Yeah, we don't <laughs> yeah. need we don't need to every fucking story be that no, way. No, and yeah. it was. And uh, I think that kind of sucked for me. But this this story was was the best. No, I totally agree. I think this is hands down my favorite segment in the film. Mm-hmm. The effects were fantastic. Oh yeah. The again, guys were not assholes. Yes. No. The cult shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm always down for some cult yeah. shit. And a twist. And it was a good twist. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. And it makes sense because the guys were saying, get out of here. They weren't trying to fight them at the start. They're like, you guys, they were trying they to were, protect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To tell them to leave. Because, yeah, it all makes sense. You go back and you're like, all right, all right. Yeah, I yeah. should have listened. Exactly. So, no, this was my favorite segment by far. I agree. It's like the they say to start and end strong. And I think that's what VHS did. Absolutely. This is definitely the best segment followed by the first one, Amateur Night. I would agree. The the only strike I really have against Amateur Night is how bad the guys were. Yeah. Yeah. But they all got theirs. They did. So kind of worth it, I guess. (laughs) So I have to ask, what did you guys think of VHS? It's difficult because like you're saying, started strong, ended strong, Kind of fell down a little bit in the middle. Not middle, though. It's just, I mean, <laughs> it's sad how uneven this movie is. But I think that's a problem that happens with a lot of horror anthologies. Yeah. yeah. You've got your favorite strongest segment and mm-hmm. then everything else is just kind of filler, yeah. you know? Um, not terrible, you know? No. I think the issue is the idea is much better than the execution. Mm-hmm. And I think they did better with VHS 2, which will hopefully right. yes. someday. Yes. Uh, I remember, like I said, really enjoying this movie, you know, when mm-hmm. we watched it and whatnot. And then now taking a further look at it and being, you know, you know, like I said, it sucks because the frame story and then most of the stories, everybody's a piece of shit, yes. like a legit piece of shit. And it really sucks that that was all of your characters were <laughs> trash yeah. or you didn't care about them or you didn't like my my big issue with this movie is that every story is the same. 10 to 15 minutes of boring <laughs> bullshit. And then the last five to 10. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You're, you know? you're not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Now, like I told your sister, I wish one of them would have been like. Some shit happened to somebody at the beginning really bad. And then the rest of it was kind of how they got there or whatever. Yeah. Or, and up. there is no single person story. No, no, there's not. So it's like, it's like, come on, you had to use groups every single time you, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, come on. And I think that part of that comes down to like the independent film spirit. Right. You want, you have this opportunity to make a short for Bloody Disgusting. So you want to get all your friends. Well, no, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, if everybody has that idea, maybe change yours a little bit. Yeah. And I know Second Honeymoon didn't have that many people in it, but it was like the weakest. No, yeah. (laughs) Aside from Emily. Aside from Tuesday the 17th. Well, well it, look, there's enough hate to go, yeah. to go around. <laughs> I feel like there are some gems in this movie. There's some really great moments. There's some really great visuals. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot to pick apart and a mm-hmm. lot that doesn't make sense. And a weird dependence on these like horrible 
predatory male characters. And I hate to be like, um, you know what I mean? But it's like, (laughs) God damn, why did y'all make almost everybody like that? I don't understand. And there's like this over dependence on nudity. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a prude. I'm not like, you know, I loved Midsummer, (laughs) 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 But it just doesn't fit. Like it's not organic. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Here's some tits. Like, yeah. I don't, it's just odd. This might sound crazy, but I feel like it was a, I know it was only eight, nine years ago, but it feels like a product of its time. This is the almost yeah. like Daniel Tosh. Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Era <laughs> of like ridiculous, you know, fratty kind of assholes, you know? You're not yeah, wrong. Yeah. And maybe looking at it through a 2021 lens, it's like, oh, yeah. Right. You know, but, um, Sorry, Tosh. I don't know there's if that a- was mean or not. <laughs> there's a there's a mixed bag here. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like I don't need to repeat where I stand on all of them because we kind of went over that at the end of every story. But this one was hard to rate. I'll say that. Oh, I'll agree with you. Um, So speaking of which, let's get into <laughs> ratings. Um, Yeah, this one's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For as much stuff as I loved from it, there is just as much or more stuff that I was like, wow, I I really wish they didn't do that. But the first time I saw this movie, it was with you guys and mm-hmm. we had so much fun and that's kind of tied to this movie for mm-hmm. me. So taking all of that into account and I have to make it a little bit higher for that last one mm-hmm. and for the first one because I really did enjoy those two, even though I had some issues with right. the first one. But on a scale from one to 10 deadly videotapes, <laughs> I'm going to give VHS 6.5 deadly videotapes. I'm getting some looks. <laughs> <laughs> That's very generous of you. It is. I really enjoyed that last one. And I really enjoy the spirit of the filmmaking. Like you can tell, it seems like they had a lot of fun doing this. Mm-hmm. And I always... I fight for the anthologies, man. There's not enough anthologies now, but... No, I'll agree with you. Opening up the floor. I'm really close to where you're at. Hmm. And <laughs> my, like I said, my only problem with the movie is just that, like I said, all the stories are the same. Right. They're all 10, 15 minutes of filler, and then some shit happens at the end. And... Like I said, it's not a horrible movie. I, you know what I mean? I will watch it again and mm-hmm. I'll recommend anybody to watch it. But it just feels like, like you said, the set, one of the segments could have been cut. Oh, for sure. The other stories could have been a little longer, fleshed out some characters. The core story was shit. It was just, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? No, I know it, what you it mean. It was just, I don't know. I, I, and I like the movie. Mm-hmm. And like you said, babe, the the I it is tied to us watching it together and making fun of it or laughing at it like, oh shit, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like the one that was just gore to be gore at the end, and it was like, eh, you know. But overall, I do enjoy these movies, the VHS, VHS2, VHS viral. So to me, and if you thought that was generous. Uh-oh. Oh. So, well, <laughs> the way I did it was I kind of did little mini ratings for each story. Okay. And then just kind of added them up at the end. Mm. So that's kind of why mine's a little higher than... But, uh, <laughs> so out of 10 deadly videotapes, I'm going to give VHS seven deadly videotapes out of 10. 
Now that's generous. <laughs> Yowza. <laughs> well, like I said, I, you know, it, it, when I think of this movie, I think of how we used to sit down at your parents' house and we would watch movies mm-hmm. and we would fuck around and whatever. And this was one of those movies. I think me and your sister had been dating for what? I don't know. Not that long. Yeah. Not yeah. that long at all. So it was something fun. You know what I mean? And it was new and mm-hmm. it was. And I and and I'm not saying the movie's shit, but no. you know, there it does have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be in Captain <laughs> Bring <laughs> Down, <laughs> but I mean I take into account everything both right, of you said. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think I what my thing falls back on is I kind of chopped it down. How much did I enjoy? How much was I like, ugh, right? And not to repeat everything that I already said. There are two segments here that I think are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Amateur Night, they made into a feature right. called Siren that I haven't seen yet, but yeah, I want to. I. But long story short, out of five segments, two of them I think are pretty great. And so not to be like law of averages or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> I came up with the score then, but then I kind of did what you did. Right. I got to add some points, not only for the idea of them putting this together yes this batch of indie filmmakers mm-hmm. just kind of having fun yeah and the spirit of that kind of lives through us with this show yeah and us watching this movie together for the first time riffing on it is kind of unintentionally the birthplace of <laughs> pod mortem you're not right. wrong so, so 10 out of 10. No. <laughs> <laughs> so taking all of that into account, I have to give VHS 5.5 deadly videotapes out of 10. All right. The funny thing is we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate VHS and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, there's no such thing as easy money. Sometimes it can cost your life. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. Woo. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) A very, very special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Gary Fender, Jordan Nash, Kent and Allison Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas. Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, and Mandy. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Each and every one of you. And so good looking. Wow. Wow, you guys. Did you cut your hair? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And I just got to say, your support has made us a VHS. A very Mm -hmm. happy show (laughs) 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 until next time